Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. Welcome to episode number 385, sponsored by the amazing Rank IQ. In this episode, I have such a fun chat with Kataline Nagi from Spatula Desserts. She is a blogger and she talks about monetizing through other means than just advertising. For her, baking classes have really worked for bringing in extra revenue. For you, it might be something different, but I think you will be really inspired to dig into other options as a food blogger. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to eBlog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave eBlog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Spatula Desserts Food Blog is a pandemic baby started in spring 2020 during the lockdown as the result of Kataline's love for baking and a passion for teaching people how to bake. 2020 went without Kataline knowing anything about SEO, hosting, search console, or the importance of keywords. She picked up an avid desire to learn about the industry in 2021. She moved to Feast and Big Scoots, then completed the Cooking with Keywords course and applied for an audit with Casey Marquis. She began to monetize her blog in October of 2021 via Mediavine. From there, she found joy in creating live and pre-recorded baking classes in 2022 to further showcase her passion for baking with her audience and create a new revenue stream. Kataline continues to work full-time in corporate for a well-known Swedish automotive company, HQ. Hi, Kataline. How are you today? Thank you so much for being on Eat Blog Talk. Hi, Megan. I'm very well. Thank you. Yes, I'm super excited to chat about our topic. But first, we would all like to know if you have a fun fact to share with us. Yes, I do. I mean, I had to think about it quite a lot. But then I was uh, just thought, what are the things that people usually act surprised when uh, when they hear about me? And uh, I actually started my sort of blogging and influencer journey as a travel blogger. <laughs> and you might not see it now on my website. I love, love traveling. I've been to... I think 72 countries so far. I started backpacking when I was uh, 20 and I'm, I'm 40. So I was traveling in quite a fast uh, pace. I've been to the US, for example, earlier this year and several Asian, Asian and American, South American countries. So if you have a peek on my Instagram, you might find some of those old pictures actually from uh, my travels. But then I moved into baking, which is another big passion of mine, as you can probably tell. <laughs> oh, so you kind of move from one passion to the next. And I love that you're multi-passionate. That says a lot about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so 72 countries, do you have a favorite or do you have one that you want on your list that you haven't visited yet? 
I have several favorites. It really depends on the mood, what you want to achieve on your particular vacation. So like when it comes to beach vacation, relaxing, a honeymoon or something similar is the Maldives. Definitely, totally relaxed. You have nothing to do apart from, you know, swimming and eating good and and, uh, enjoying the white sand beaches. When it comes to culture and more like adventure, India is definitely super high high on my list but I super enjoyed countries like Laos for example I visited Laos 14 years ago which was a a huge huge um, experience or Jordan in the Middle East that was one of my first countries I was backpacking there alone as a 20 years old girl so I have several favorites it really depends on uh, what I'm trying to achieve on that vacation yeah you can't satisfy all vacation needs in one place, probably, right? Exactly. And food, of course. I mean, especially in oh, recent yes. years, I'm taking my vacations more like uh, food trips. <laughs> yeah. Trying uh, the pastries and uh, the restaurants. And it's, uh, it, it's wonderful. I mean, in that respect, of course, Vietnam, Mexico, Spain, all these kind of countries are uh, really offering a lot. Oh, I could talk about traveling all day, but I suppose we should cut it off. I was just about to ask you more, but I'm like, okay, wait, she's here for a different reason. So let's talk about some. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So we're going to talk today about taking a skill and monetizing it. I think this is a great topic to get into 2023 with. Would you start by just talking a little bit through your blogging journey, Kathleen? Yes. So I started in 2019, mainly with my Instagram. I started to post recipes, fancy pastries, travel pictures, pastry shops I visited all around the world. I had absolutely no idea about uh, blogging as such uh, back then. Surprisingly, I was also managed to catch quite some brand deals and hotel deals, restaurant deals, even with my only 10 or I think 15,000 followers I, I had. And the big uh, breakthrough was uh, in 2020 when obviously COVID hit and a lot of us uh, were at home with the lockdowns. So I had uh, all the time in the world. I actually have a full-time job, but back then during COVID, I was working only 60%, which I was not used to. I was used to 120%. So I had an extra 60% at my hand, plus all the business struggles, which I was extensively doing back then, were canceled. So I thought, why not uh, Why not start a blog? I could share my recipes on, on a website. So I started with a Wix website, as you can imagine. I then quickly realized it's not the best platform for <laughs> blogging. But then I wasn't really thinking about SEO and Google traffic. I really just thought I, I need a platform to share my recipes. So the more I learned about blogging as such, I quickly realized that I have to change from Wix. So I created my WordPress website by 2024 but still not really with SEO in uh, in mind, if I want to be honest. In 2022 was, I think, the first year when I, I started to think about, okay, that I have all this Pinterest and Instagram traffic, but it's not really scalable as far as I, uh, I experienced. I mean, even though my Instagram blew up, uh, I think back then I already had 100,000 followers, I wasn't having enough uh, traffic to qualify for Mediavine, which 
By 2021, it was obvious that that's kind of the first step for most uh, bloggers. So I started to read about it and I was literally uh, clueless in 2021. So I was Googling everything. I was searching on YouTube and Google and Facebook groups. Then uh, I started taking my first course in 2021. It was Alaka's uh, Cooking with Keywords course. And I got in touch with Casey, who obviously had a six-month wait list. So by then I thought I, I should probably take this seriously. Probably there's a potential in this blog. I love baking so much and I love teaching so much. But if people cannot find my recipes, then it's sort of pointless. So while I was on the wait list with Casey, he was, I think, so upset seeing my website that he was emailing <laughs> me a couple of tips. <laughs> and following his tips, I actually qualified for Media Vine like this time last year in 2021, oh, October. Yes, it was such a big step, especially considering that the few months before I didn't even know what SEO is. But somehow I managed to get 50,000 sessions from Instagram, Pinterest and a little bit of Google. Now, since then, uh, my page views have gone to 230,000 this month. Whoa. So <laughs> I guess I learned a bit of SEO in the past year. I had my audit with Casey. I fixed all the technical issues. I moved theme. I moved hosting and so on. So this is where I am now. I'm still having my uh, full-time job. And I think that's also kind of an interesting journey because Everyone sort of just wants to get into Mediavine and make it as a full-time income. But then I realized that actually my full-time income and my full-time job, which, by the way, I like very much, is really giving me the freedom to invest back into my blog. So I'm not planning to resign anytime soon, even though, like, technically I could. I'm enjoying, uh, I'm enjoying my life as it is at the moment, having kind of two jobs and yeah, we'll see what the future brings. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. You've clearly figured it out. You've gotten tons of traffic very fast. I think a lot of people would be like, okay, tell me your secrets. Do you think that taking your baking classes and diving into those has been a part of increasing your traffic? So... Yeah, I think in terms of the traffic, now most of my traffic is uh, from Google. So Instagram for me wasn't super scalable. My Instagram is growing, but it doesn't mean that I have 10 times more traffic from Instagram. I have a huge loyal fan on Instagram and they are the first one to share my recipes. They are the first ones to leave, to leave ratings on my recipes and comments and they are hilarious and amazing. I love uh, my audience. But they are just not enough. I guess you must have like 2 million followers to be able to make a living out of them nowadays, especially when it comes to website traffic. In terms of Pinterest, I joined sort of after the golden age. So that's again for me was not really a huge driver, not like for those bloggers who've been on Pinterest for 10 years. I only joined Pinterest two years ago. It's a decent traffic I get, but not a huge, huge one. So for me, it's definitely Google and SEO and really just my passion that I, I I consider myself a teacher, a pastry teacher. I have education in pastry and baking. So blogging is just kind of a platform for me to teach people. And one part of that is the actual kind of organic traffic. And the other part is the courses, the, the baking courses that I am um, I'm giving to people. 
Okay. I love your story. This is, I think, pretty unique. Just you have a huge Instagram following. You love your fans there. I love that you said they make you laugh with their comments. Join Pinterest late, Google, SEO, and then also your passion for your craft is something that, from my perspective, lifts up your business mm-hmm. in a really unique way. And I think that's kind of where your magic lies. Do you agree with that? I guess so. I mean, if you look at some of the comments that people leave under my recipes, they can clearly see my passion. They can clearly see that I know what I'm talking about. And those ta- those recipes are actually working. So I had a former pastry education a couple of years ago. And I did, uh, since I started the book, I also did several uh, professional courses. So I'm super, super passionate about teaching people how to bake properly in a home environment and how to create those kind of fancy pastry shop looking desserts, just literally with a piping bag and with a cupcake tin. For me, my blog is my passion. I could not do it otherwise. I know there are many SEO experts recommending to choose a profitable niche to outsource everything. And there is another kind of, you know, business model that some people make money out of uh, blogging. For me, it's my genuine passion. I guess when you have a full-time job and you really dedicate your free time for your blog, somewhat you must be interested in it, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And that was, I think, part of what I was trying to get at. But this is really inspiring. And I also know kind of my target group based on people who are reaching me out. They are very often home bakers who are actually making money baking from home, either Americans or some business owners from all around the world. Or people who want to take their baking steers to the next level. They tried all the recipes. None of them worked. None of them actually explained why the butter needs to be at room temperature or why the pie dough needs to be chilled at all the time. And I also even have some chefs. They are regularly messaging me on Instagram that I had this event and I tried your macaron recipe and it was a huge success. Ah, that has to feel good. It's so rewarding. I must say it's so rewarding. I mean, I've been only monetizing my blog since last October, but I had the same passion even before I earned a single penny out of that. There are so many other aspects than just uh, money. Of course, especially now that I'm spending quite some time and effort on the block uh, to grow, monetization is super important. But to be honest with you, I was happily doing this all around 2020 and 2021 when I was effectively hardly making any money. Okay, I have a few questions for you. So I would love to hear about your baking classes. You've talked through your passion and what you're good at and how you deliver your genuine offerings. So how how do these go? How do you set them up? Are they live? Are they virtual? What are the logistics? So... With SEO, I think if you have a lot of ideas, sometimes you feel a bit restricted. So I thought the best way to get around this is to do a baking class that has not much to do with SEO. So I can be a bit more creative and come up with desserts that otherwise people would not necessarily search for on Google. It's more like for semi-professionals. So that was the original idea. And then I'm doing it online. So I live in Sweden. It's a very small market. I live in Gothenburg, that is on the west coast of Sweden. So offline classes was never really an option. So the idea was online from the very beginning. And then uh, 
Uh, I must say I'm a bit uh, camera shy. So I felt really intimidating making a huge course, you know, just speaking to the camera on your own and create like five, ten recipes, shooting it for months and then figuring out how to funnel it, how to sell it. So instead, taking this whole pressure out of the the story, I thought I will do some live classes because I actually have uh, quite some presentation experience for from my corporate job. I very much enjoy baking in my own kitchen. And I thought it would be so much fun if people were just calling in from all around the world and we would bake this dessert together. It's much easier for me to talk to other people than to talk to the camera on my own. Like, I'm sure you had this experience as well. And if you are presenting, it's so much easier to talk to someone if there are people in the room than when you are just presenting on Zoom and you literally cannot see the audience. So to be fair, it was like a convenient decision that I'm going to have live classes. Now, some of my friends were said I'm totally crazy because it's obviously much more risky. I mean, the dessert has to be good and you have to succeed with the dessert on a, on a live class. But I had no problem with that. So I started live classes. And basically what I do, the business model is that I have one live occasion on each class where between five to 10 people call in. So it's a very small class. It's a very intimate class. I answer tons of questions and we bake the dessert together. It usually takes like three hours and I record the class and then I edit it and then I sell it as a pre-recorded class. So Uh it's kind of two birds with one stone. And of course, uh, once you have the pre-recorded class and you start to sell it, it's actually passive income so for example now i had uh, some black friday deals on my uh, classes last week so i mean you can say that i didn't have to do too much and i could easily sell another 100 classes of course the live class is quite an effort you 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 have to prepare for that and you have to dedicate like five six hours for that but i love to connect with people i love to bake I love to see their bakes as well, what you don't get when you just sell pre-recorded classes. So it works very well for me, to be honest. I love that you've turned this into a passive income source as well. So you're serving people live, but you're also serving them after the fact through a course and things that you've already recorded. I think that's really smart. Are you ready to learn, grow, and build relationships in person in 2023? Eat Blog Talk is hosting a 2023 spring retreat for food bloggers. This is super exciting. In-person retreats are an opportunity for food bloggers to convene in an intimate setting to learn, collaborate, and connect. These retreats involve mastermind-style peer-to-peer collaborating, and they are such a powerful way to grow your business, expand your network of peers, and make lasting friendships. Apply to attend the spring 2023 retreat. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash retreat to fill out the application. I hope to see you there. Now back to the episode. It's also, I think, quite useful for the people who buy the pre-recorded version because instead of just me speaking for 20 minutes, that's usually kind of how you buy a pre-recorded class. It's more like 
you know, like one and a half, two hours, and they get to hear all the questions from others. Of course, there are privacy things in place. So I'm not showing the name and the face of other people, but it's very interactive. So when you buy my pre-recorded class, you actually hear a lot of people asking a lot of questions that you might already have uh, in your kitchen at that uh, moment. So I think it's, uh, it's truly beneficial for the user as well and is serving their needs. So if there are food bloggers listening who maybe they're interested in something similar to what you're doing, or maybe it's something entirely different, maybe it's photography or video or Mm. something else, I just love your formula of taking passion and combining it with relieving pressure from both you and the people you're serving and creating something to monetize. So I am wondering, do you have recommendations for how people get started with this, give us some encouragement or maybe first steps. I guess uh, you must know what you are good at. I mean, if you are a good photographer, then of course you want to create a photography course. Now, I don't entirely know how to do that uh, online, but I'm sure, for example, sharing your screen and stuff, as a food photographer, for example, you can walk through the audience how you are taking picture about that chocolate uh, chip uh, cookie. And I think it's very beneficial for people who are live online. I'm also charging more for the live class than for the pre-recorded. The pre-recorded is actually half price compared to the live. And then people who then have different needs, for example, they cannot attend a class on a particular time, but they just want to do it in their own uh, space. Uh, When they have some free time, they can buy the pre-recorded. But just really think about what's your passion, what you are good at. And how can you translate that into a class, uh, into a course? I think most of us have some skill that others don't. And you can just monetize that. It took me a while uh, to understand this. It took me a while, for example, to understand that the way how I make uh, macarons, that's valuable for other people. (laughs) And, you know, some, some people say, oh, but you can find so many free recipes online. Yes, you can. But the free recipes can never explain the nitty gritty details that you need to know in order to bake something more complicated like a macaron. And I think it's the same applies for any other skills, whether you want to sell your access skills or photography skills or or any other skills. The, the devil is in the details. So it's never really enough. To, to watch a 10 minutes YouTube video or to read a 2,000 words blog post, you cannot really give so much information in such a short time as opposed to creating a class. Yeah, that was really good encouragement. Thank you. And I was thinking as you were speaking that it's really amazing to me that there are so many food bloggers in existence and each one of them, each individual has such a unique perspective, unique Mm. skill, unique way of communicating their skill and their passion. Isn't that crazy? You'd think that we'd, there would be like duplicates of all of us, but (laughs) we all are so unique. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so much dependent also where you are coming from to the blogging. I mean, most people have a previous life before blogging. I'm working in corporate. I, uh, I love what I, I do and I can translate those skills to blogging. 
Like, for example, I work uh, now with people, I hire out uh, some of the tasks. It really came from, I just look around in a corporate world, you, it's, it's really hard to succeed on your own. There are certain things that you don't want to do or don't know how to do, just hire that out and that saves a lot of time for other things that you are actually good at. Can you talk about the fear part of it? Because you mentioned earlier you don't necessarily like talking on camera. It was kind of uncomfortable for you. And I know that's a common theme for a lot of people. And maybe someone has different fears entirely. But how do we jump over those fears and do these scary but beneficial projects? Mm. For me, I knew that I'm comfortable talking to people, but I'm not comfortable talking on my own in the kitchen to the camera. So that was kind of an easy fix. But I guess if you are also not comfortable talking to random people online, that maybe you can create a course talking to your friend and kind of make it uh, interactive. And I think there are a lot of these fairs, but I don't know, I guess eventually... I'm quite disciplined and I think that helps. So I don't often wait for the motivation and feeling confident. I'm quite disciplined in terms of I want to achieve this and I want to make this happen. And I'm I'm so kind of driven in terms of I want to teach. I want people to know how to bake these recipes. For example, my first class was a pari breast that is a French choux pastry dessert similar to eclair or cream puff but made in a ring shape and filled with an extremely delicious Ferrero Rocher frosting and I, I am so dedicated to teach as many people to bake that that I just I just kind of forgot about the fear that oh by the way I don't really like to talk to the camera and how I'm gonna look and what if my colleagues will see me I just don't care I mean when I get a picture you know from the other part of the world that a women business owner actually attended my class and now as a home baker selling these desserts. And it's, you know, funding her whole family. I just don't really care about the fair any longer. You know, there are bigger things I want to achieve. (laughs) And passion trumps fear for you, it sounds like, which is what we should all adopt. Yes. And of course, I'm not saying that I'm fearless in everything. I mean, I still haven't done a proper pre-recorded class when I am just standing on my own in the kitchen. But but so far, it, it kind of works. But I think that the same goes for like picking a keyword. I mean, I know so many bloggers uh, just looking at, you know, like the difficulty and I'm only a DA of 30. Maybe I shouldn't go for that. And if you really know that you can make it better, just do it. Of course, there is a balance. So you cannot have these long shots all the time. But some of my best performer recipes are actually long shots. So, for example, one of my best performing recipe, it was actually inspired by my truck when I was in Japan. It's a Japanese jiggly cheesecake that's kind of a very funny souffle cheesecake that after straight after baking, it's kind of jiggly. And I tried the original one in Osaka and I just wanted to create that. And I don't really care how competitive it is. It looks super competitive. And I'm a small DA still. I mean, remember, it's only a two years old blog and I haven't been even doing it properly only in the past year, but I'm on Google's first page. Oh, that's inspiring. And if you know your brand well enough, I feel like you can look at the keywords and kind of know which keywords are going to be on first page or maybe even the top of first page. 
and which ones aren't. I think that is maybe just something that you feel as you get more into blogging. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, there are some mistakes. I'm not saying there aren't. <laughs> there, are. there are anomalies all the time. I'm not saying there aren't. There are definitely some mistakes, but there are definitely some long shots that you just have to go for. I think especially if you see that the recipes on the first page are not super well written, they are not from your usual competitors that sometimes outrank you, but some random size that they really don't know what they talk about. Then just go for it and make it better. And then, of course, start to advertise it on Instagram, Pinterest, your newsletters, whatever other channels work for you. And just wait and, and see. And uh, I mean, I do majority of my recipes nowadays based on SEO. So I... Uh, but there is a room for recipes and especially baking guys that I might not rank in the top 10 anytime soon. But it's important for my blog to have a, a piece of content like that to then build on that with other recipes. So, for example, I made several pumpkin recipes, obviously, recently. Since I live in Sweden, you can't really buy a pumpkin pie, canned pumpkin pie. So I made my own pumpkin puree. And I have a proper long recipe on how to make your pumpkin puree if your store is out of stock. You can imagine how competitive it is. It's not ranking, but it supports 15 other uh, recipes. And I actually had success with some of the other recipes. And I can see people were peeking into like, by the way, how do you make your own pumpkin puree? Some people don't even know that it's so easy. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, uh, you know, like when it comes to, from the first page, like they are they are looking at a second page. So I have quite a high page views per session because I'm just simply driving people from one topic to another that came on one topic that was easier to rank and then they move on to another topic that sort of expressed my expertise and extra information and another option, another variation and so on. This aligns a lot with my strategy in the past few years, and I really like it. I think it's really effective. So not necessarily finding keywords that have nothing to do with your content, but looking for those lower competition keywords that you can really beat your competition with, but that also align with your content. So yeah, you mentioned course. like grabbing someone an easy way on Google and then leading them to your other content that really supports that, that piece. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it's, it's going to work for the future as well. I just started this. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows what's going to work for the future? That's what's working yeah. now for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only started this kind of six months ago. I was quite busy beginning of this year to fixing my content, uh, the non-SEO optimized content. And I went into full content creation since kind of summer. Nice. Yes. Sounds like an effective strategy for you for now. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to mention about either creating a cooking class or monetizing in some other way? So currently my main monetization channel is uh, MediaVine. I have some bits and bobs uh, from Amazon and my, and my baking classes. So for me, I would be freaked out if it was just only one leg. I think personally, for my own uh, sake, I'm really happy to stand at least on two legs. I think for the future, I might consider a third leg as well. I think for people in the US, 
it's a bit uh, easier in terms of uh, the if you have a large following on Instagram it's a bit easier in terms of uh, working with brands it's very difficult uh, European bloggers can tell everyone how difficult it is from Sweden for example to get a contract with a brand so for me that's kind of out of question so I really had to think about what has but uh, I know for uh, for US based bloggers I have uh, a lot of friends that are based in the U.S. There is also the Pinterest program and Instagram Reels and uh, quite uh, some more options to monetize uh, your blog. But I really think if you have an expertise in a subject and if you have some uh, free capacity beside uh, writing blog posts that are obviously good for uh, Google... I really think it's worth to think about another source of income like courses or or brand work or whatever whatever you are uh, you are good at. We do I say that collectively as food bloggers we do tend to get really focused on the ads and getting into an ad network which I totally understand because it's amazing being in yeah. an ad network, but I really appreciate this perspective that we can maybe take a step back sometimes and just see what other skills and passions we have to offer our people and maybe a new set of people that will fulfill us and serve them, but also can bring in some revenue. So I love that you're talking about this today. And also, you know, that I have some blogger friends who are not making yet that much, for example, haven't qualified for Mediavine, and they outsource uh, their skills to other bloggers, their writing skills, their photography skills, and so on. I think that's also wonderful options, especially if you have these digital skills. I mean, uh, bloggers like me, we are really in need of expertise. Like I work now with a couple of writers and I recently started to work with a VA simply because those are the tasks that I thought I can easily outsource. But there are always options to to make money off your expertise. Bloggers are in need of skills, but bloggers are also multi-skilled. So we can serve each other. It's like this amazing cycle of awesomeness that we can tap into if we if we need to. So yeah. Is there anything we missed that you feel like we should discuss before we say goodbye? Probably not. I think we talked about most of the things that we we intended in terms of uh, my blogging journey. I loved it. Kathleen, this was such a valuable conversation. I think people are going to find immense value from it. So thank you for your time today. We really appreciate you. Thank you very much. Before we go, do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us? Not quote, but what I found in uh, my blogging life is that kind of discipline overroots motivation, at least for me. I find that I might not always have the inspiration and motivation, but uh, if I stick to my disciplines and kind of my work ethic, I will just take the next step. And I might not work hard every day, but it keeps me going. And uh, it also helps, you know, that I love what I do, even though I'm not motivated uh, every single day. But I think um, the discipline is really important in this kind of uh, lonely work uh, like blogging because no one is going to call on you. Uh, there is no boss, you know, checking on you. So you are mm-hmm. kind of your your own boss and you can, uh, you can do it in your own uh, pace. Just take uh, steps after each other and, uh, and don't stop. That is totally speaking my language. I, I love that. Discipline is hugely important. I've always said that. 
not just in blogging, but in life, right? You have to be disciplined (laughs) if you want to get those goals accomplished. Exactly. So thank you. What a great way to end. We will put together a show notes page for you. So if you want to go to eblogtalk.com forward slash spatula desserts, you can check everything out there. Why don't you share where people can find you elsewhere? So mention your blog, social media, anything else you want to mention? Yeah, so it's spatulatisource.com. That's my blog. Under the same name, you can find me on Instagram and Pinterest. That's it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen, for being here. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.